Hey friends, welcome to episode 5 of Things I Say to My Cat. In this episode, I ask the question, what do I want? As I seek to answer that question, I probe the differences between peace and comfort and how the one is often confused for the other. As you listen along, I hope that you explore the question for yourself as well. I hope that you listen with imagination, with creativity, and with an open mind. So let's get to it. What do you want? That has got to be one of the top things I say to my cat on a consistent basis. What do you want? I'll say it when she's meowing and rubbing up against my legs, even though there is fresh food and water in her food dish. I'll say it when she's staring at me and staring at me, and I wonder if she's about to kill me in my sleep. What do you want? I know that she has no ability to tell me, but I find myself consistently frustrated by not being able to tell what she wants, especially when it seems like she has everything she should need. But I think beyond the fact that I'm asking this to my cat, I think a lot of people are asking this question lately. It's being asked of people who are protesting. What do you want? What are your demands? I think it's being asked more broadly by those of us who are being forced to re-examine the way that we live our lives now that it seems like working from home may be a new norm, people have lost jobs, families look different. What do you want? That question has always been uncomfortable for me, or at least it's taken me a long time to answer. And I think to some extent that's because the ability to answer that question requires some amount of agency. And for better or for worse, I grew up in different traditions that on a lot of different levels told me that desire itself was a bad thing or something to be fought against. And on another hand, in some of those traditions, taught that I don't have that much agency myself. But as I'm starting to realize the agency that I do have, and I'm doing even more work to try to be okay with the fact that desires are normal and not all of them are bad, I found myself coming back to this question, what do you want? On a level, we have to know ourselves in order to answer that question. To know what we want, to name what we want, takes time. The time to know our current reality, also the time to know the past that we came from, and to some extent to be able to know the future that we want. It's a big question, and it requires a lot of imagination. I found myself personally wrestling with this question a couple of weeks ago. I was reading a book and the first chapter of the book dealt with the issue of desire. 
the book itself is dealing with uh, different types of rhythms. It's called sacred rhythms. But in the first chapter, the author wrestles a lot with just this idea of if you were to be asked by a God who is infinite and all-powerful, what do you want me to do for you? How would we answer that question? And she brings the question about in a chapter that is framed a lot with stories of Jesus's miraculous healings of people. And in many of those instances, it was common for him to ask the person he was about to heal, what do you want me to do for you? She explores the idea that to some extent we are involved in the healing of ourselves and even broader in the healing and the restoration of our world. That it starts with being able to name that desire. What do we want this all-powerful, infinite God to do? At the end of the chapter, she flipped it into a personal practice and invited the reader to answer that question. If an infinite all-loving, all-powerful God were to ask you today, what do you want me to do for you? What would your response be? I was kind of floored when I sat with that question. It's not something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about. Sure, there are things that I'd like to change. Um, I think we can all think through the simpler, smaller, even in some ways more shallow things that we wish could be better about our lives. But as I took some time to really think about that question, I started to probe the depths of that question. If I truly believed in an infinite, all-powerful, all-loving God and believed that he cared enough about me to ask that question, what do you want me to do for you? what would my response actually be? And as I sat with that question and all of the emotion that came up with that question, the core of my answer came down to one thing, peace. And a peace that goes beyond a stillness or a comfort or a contentment, but a peace that is the reality of a world made whole, of me as a human being made whole, me as a human being who is fully living out the different depths and dimensions of who I am as a person. And I found myself a little surprised by my answer. Maybe because it was uh, deeper than I expected it to be. But a few days later, as I was walking around running errands, it hit me that maybe part of the reason I was shocked by my answer was that my answer was for peace and not comfort. And I think we as a society have put such a high price on comfort. We see the good life as the comfortable life, the life where we have all the skincare products that we could want, the life where our furniture and our blankets and our pillows are all 
comfortable and cozy, where we have homes that are warm, comfortable, soothing environments, where the music we listen to is a cocoon around us, a cocoon of comfort, where the foods that we eat bring comfort and warmth and quote-unquote good emotions, where the jobs that we have, the things that we do to fill our time, even the means of transportation we use to move about our lives, all come down to what is the most comfortable. And I think a lot of us, to our credit, don't necessarily seek out the comfortable, at least consciously. I think a lot of us want peace. We want a world that is whole, that is restored, that is filled with justice and mercy and goodness. But I think it's so easy to switch into that mindset of seeking the comfortable. And I think to some extent, we as a society have confused comfort for peace. After I answered that question for myself, what do you want me to do for you? And realized that my answer really came down to peace. I found myself probing deeper. What does peace look like? What does it mean? Because I think, as I said, we've gotten so used to seeing comfort as peace. But maybe what we really want is the peaceful life not the comfortable life. What would it look like if there was peace in my body, in my mind, and in my work community, and how and what I do for work? And to some extent, I think that peace and comfort can be at odds. And I don't think we as a society fully grasp that. I think especially right now, there's a push for unity. And while that isn't a bad thing, I think we should have unity across racial, socioeconomic, and sexual lines. There needs to be a reckoning that unity isn't the kind of fireside kumbaya circle that we think it is. For there to be unity, for there to be agreement and a valuing of people across different lines and categories that would seem to divide us, there has to be a recognition of those categories and those lines, which is uncomfortable. I don't think anyone really wants to either go around pointing out differences and different systems and structures of oppression, or at least in the conversations I've had in the last couple of months, it doesn't seem like that's what people want to spend their time doing. But for there to be unity, for that agreement of spirit and valuing of different people, and a contentment and joy in existing in all those differences, you have to unpack the uncomfortable stuff. You have to name privilege, for example. You have to name oppression. 
And that's not always peaceful. And it's an upsetting of power structures that often leads to equality. So what would peace as opposed to comfort look like for me? On one level, there's the physical peace of mind, body, and spirit. Which I think maybe this is where we as a society cheapen our desire by seeking comfort over peace. I think in many ways my brain is hardwired to want those comfortable things, which I don't think is necessarily bad. I don't think it's wrong for me to want the soft pillow or the cozy blanket. But I think I miss out on the depth of what could be if that's where my desire stops. Or if I prioritize the comfortable, cozy apartment that makes my body feel good over the growth to be at peace with a body that doesn't always feel good, but is the body that I have and is alive and breathing and is showing up day after day, even in a world where people are sick and are dying and are hurting. The peace to say that this body is good, even though it doesn't always work the way that it used to work or doesn't always feel the way that I want it to feel. The peace to say it is good regardless and to be thankful for it. That is peace that goes beyond the comfort of how I can physically make myself feel better. Because the circumstances that create that feeling of comfort will end. At some point, I will have to get out of the bathtub and blow the candles out. But I don't have to give up the recognition that the body that I live in is a holy and sacred space. That it's a good space. That with its limitations, it's still good. And that sometimes those limitations allow me to see things that I would have never seen before. Peace over comfort when it comes to my mind being the peace that is okay and content with a mind that sometimes goes down some weird spirals and can think through a bizarre amount of situations that will never unfold, but wants to think through them just in case they do happen. That being gentle with that mind and not punishing that mind for going down those spirals, but also not seeking out the easy comfort of watching hours and hours of Blackish on Hulu because it's funny and feels good and makes me feel connected to a part of myself. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with those types of experiences. I think there's a beauty to be found in entertainment and something that I think for a while I judged or was critical of. But there's a beauty in being able to watch someone else's story or experience 
or to listen to beautiful music and a narrative that's expressed through music and to be able to share a part of another person's experience, to see their humanity and to see our own humanity reflected back in that. That's beautiful. I think the danger comes when we use that beauty to numb ourselves and we cheapen the good. I think big picture peace over comfort maybe looks a lot like contentment. Looks a lot like joy that exists regardless of circumstance. And I think to some extent, Peace is not always the contentment with how things are. Which might contradict what I just said. Bear with me for a second. I think peace doesn't just look at a world as it is and say, it's okay. Peace is able to see wrong and injustice and oppression and to still exist because peace is active in a sense. Peace seeks more peace. And so to look at a world that is hurting and is broken and to have peace is sitting in those spaces of brokenness and oppression, recognizing them but also seeking the whole, seeking the healing, seeking the peace. Which I think goes back to the idea that peace is not comfort and is greater than comfort. Because to engage with a world that is hurting and it's broken and to seek peace involves being uncomfortable It means staying in conversations or engaging in conversations that don't bring out the warm and fuzzies. Or honestly, for me, staying in conversations where I'm pretty sure that I can easily say that the other person is wrong and want to get out of the conversation so that I don't have to participate in that part of the person's growth because I just don't have time for it. Or at least I don't have the emotional energy for it. But maybe part of peace is drawing healthy boundaries when needed, but staying in those conversations for me. But not staying in them in a quiet acceptance of what the person is saying, but in gently and lovingly pushing them towards peace. I think that's in some ways harder than the quiet ascent, at least for me. So to seek peace over comfort in this world involves being in those conversations. It also means doing things. I've spent a lot of time in the last couple weeks thinking through how I spend my money. A lot of it comes down to comfort. And what's easy, I don't often do a critical analysis of the companies and stores that I buy from. And I'm rethinking a lot of that. I'm rethinking how I buy clothes, what I choose to buy, what type of labor practices do they have, who owns the company, 
what organizations do they give part of their finances to? Who are the people that they hire? It takes work. Certainly doesn't feel comfortable. The comfortable thing would be to click on the Instagram ad sometimes and buy that cute dress. It's uncomfortable to think about the fact that some of these companies not only aren't diverse, but actively use their money to support organizations that oppress others. Or that they, as a company, choose to use cheap labor or sometimes even slave labor. I think bottom line, that desire for peace goes beyond myself. It has to. For me, as an individual, to be at peace means that the world around me has to also have some measure of peace and that I have to be involved in that peace. Because how could I sit in my apartment, be at peace in the sense that I am whole and content and joyful if the world that I live in is not a reflection of that same peace? And I think that is where we as a society have fallen short. That if our bubble is okay, we don't need to see beyond the bubble. And personally, that's been really challenging in these months of quarantine that in some ways seem to have no end. Because it's so easy to sit in my apartment that I have purposely decorated to be a comfortable space. And I'm, again, to an extent, I don't think there's something bad or evil about comfort. I think Comfort can be used to cheapen our experiences. But to sit in this warm, inviting space and to some days be content because the world that I'm living in, the bubble that I'm existing in, is okay. Even days when I may not physically feel well, I can get to the place of contentment with my body because I live in this soft, comfortable space. But outside my apartment, that's not the reality for a vast number of people. Even if we weren't to extrapolate kind of to the ends of the earth mentality, but even just to look in a half mile radius around my apartment, that's not the reality. And so I think that goes back to peace requires us to be uncomfortable to a level. Yes, the safe and healthy thing to do right now might be and is likely to be spending most of my days inside my apartment. But how am I using that time? Am I using that time to only read books, listen to podcasts, watch shows, you name it, that contribute to my own personal development, my own personal growth, my own personal narrative? Or am I using this time to push those boundaries, to rethink ideas that I've held, to rethink the systems that have shaped our city and our country and our world? And then with that knowledge, to engage as I can in this space, 
to upend those systems where they cause oppression and hurt and division. To speak truth in the conversations that I'm able to be a part of. To push for peace over comfort. I think that's it. Or at least that's what I'm telling myself is the right thing to be doing right now. There's a way to be gentle with ourselves and where we're at and to be healthy with our mental space and our physical limitations and to take good care of our bodies because they're gifts we've been given and we need to take care of them. There's a way to do all that while seeking peace, while getting uncomfortable, while not settling for comfort. I say all this in part as a challenge, that we would seek peace over comfort. I say all this also as a challenge to myself, that now (laughs) it's out there. I've admitted it. I want peace over comfort. And I'm sure there are going to be times when I'm uncomfortable that I'm going to want to change that answer, that what I actually want is comfort. But I don't want to settle for that. I don't want to go back to that. I've lived almost three decades of my life seeking comfort over peace. So I say all this in part to hold myself accountable, to not cheapen the life that I've been given by settling for less. And I say this all to come back to the question of what do you want? It's a big question. I think we'll all have different answers to it. But I think it's something that's worth asking, especially now, especially as we seek to reimagine everything and the ways that life could be going forward. What do you want?